Okay. Okay. Exodus chapter 20. Last week we finished what uh, the Ten Commandments as we know them and uh, went through the latter part of these, the ones that Art hadn't uh, uh, looked at. So let's pick up in verse 18 of uh, chapter 20 and then we'll go into chapter 21 and 22 um, and we'll see what we can do. How much are we influenced by others, by what we see and what we hear? As we read scripture today, think about the influence others have on us and, and, and what influence we have on others. God knew this. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a surprise to him. It's never a surprise to him. But he, this nation that had come out of Egypt that had been told everything to do and when to do it and how to do it. And he's beginning to put some structure into this because before this point in time, all they talked about, as we've said, was all about the land. I'm going to give you some land that Abraham and Isaac and Jacob had been asked uh, or had been told by the Lord that it was going to be theirs as an inheritance forever. But with freedom, with freedom comes responsibilities. We know, we know that in this nation today. And with freedom, they needed some responsibilities. And yet, and yet it, was, it was a different show. Well, hello. Fine, Brad. <laughs> okay. Glad to have you. So, so we're having this. The Lord is leading them and teaching them and, and guiding them. And he says this is, this, is, uh, this is where we are. So he gave these Ten Commandments and, and uh, he spoke to them. Now in verse 18... All the people perceived the thunder and the lightning flashes and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood at a distance. Then they said to Moses, Speak to us yourselves, and we will listen. But let not God speak to us, or we'll die. Moses said, Do not be afraid, for God has come in order to test you in order that the fear of him may remain with you so that you may not sin. God knew what was going to happen. And we'll see a little bit more here. Um, he, he, he's setting them up, <laughs> and, and yet he knows what the situation is. He said, I want you to fear me so you won't sin. Verse 21, 
And the people stood at a distance while Moses approached the thick cloud where God was. Now, scholars have told us or have kind of delineated or bracketed out some scripture. And from Genesis 20, 22, which is the next verse, through Genesis 24, 11, has been, has been considered... Uh, the covenant that's a covenant that God has dealt with with these people now we're going to read it or let the reader read and it's going to be bizarre because the culture of the time and where we are today is totally different totally 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 different and yet there's some principles that we need to understand now they were going into this land as God said it's a land flowing with milk and honey well that phrase is our agricultural phrase they weren't literally going to flow with milk or honey but it was going to be a land of plenty so agricultural agriculturally farm animals came to play and there's a lot in chapter 21 and 22 about farm animals now we don't have a bull or an ox in our backyard today i i don't maybe maybe you do but but <laughs> but but there's there's a there's it's a different show and just remember that but what god knew was he says these bunch of people are going to be influenced by the people we see and the people around us. And we'll see that real quickly. So pick up in verse 22, which is the beginning of the covenant that God's going to have with these people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, You yourselves have seen how I've spoken to you from heaven. You shall not make other gods besides me gods of silver gods of gold you shall not make for yourselves you shall not make an altar of earth for me you shall not sacrifice it excuse me you shall make an altar of earth for me and you shall sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings your sheep and your oxen and every place where I cause my name to be remembered I will come to you and bless you. Now, verse 23, this is, <laughs> we've heard it before. You shall not make any other gods before me, gods of silver, gods of gold, not anything. And that's ultimately why Israel was dispersed, why Israel was taken into captivity some 400 years later is because of the disobedience of his people because the people around them influenced them so much the people around them had gods and that idols that they could see god was invisible invisible he said i want you to to worship me uh, at the woman at the well when jesus was talking to the woman at the well she says you know uh, my people say in these mountains you people say in Jerusalem and Jesus said 
there's a time coming and now is that you worship me in spirit and in truth. Spirit and in truth. We talked last week about grace and truth. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So this God, as he said in the Ten Commandments, I'm a jealous God. I don't want any God before me. And he's reiterating this. And he says, sacrifices. Now, we're, we're going to get into some sacrifices later on in the book and about how, how God in, uh, ordained some sacrifices. But here, it's a precursor. He says in verse, verse 24, You shall make an altar of earth for me. You shall sacrifice it in your burnt offerings and your peace offerings. This is a precursor of what was coming. Verse 25, If you make an altar of stone for me, you shall not build it out of cut stones. For if you will your tool on it, you will profane it. He said, take just stones, round stones or whatever they are that you find, and you build an altar, but don't take a tool and cut it, uh, a chisel and a hammer to make the altar. Later on, when King Solomon was building the temple in, in Jerusalem, which is, was a great engineering feat, they had a quarry up in the mountains where they quarried all the stone, and they cut it, and they chiseled it, but they didn't have any chisels or any hammers at the construction site of the temple. And it comes back to what, what God said here. When you build something to me, uh, make it, uh, don't profane it. And this was a thing that they were carrying through. Verse 26, And you shall not go up by the steps to my altar, so that your nakedness will not be exposed on it. Well, where did that come from? Well, the nations around them had all kinds of worship. And uh, temple prostitutes and intercourse was a very common practice in those days. But the Lord says, don't you do it. Don't you do it. Um, one little thing about, about the Lord. If there's any hint of carnality, it's not of God. Okay? If there's any hint of carnality, it's not of God. Um, our Mormon friends, um, they would be polygamists today big time if it wasn't for the federal government. That's not of the Lord, and we, we can go into that, but maybe it's another lesson for another day. But, but we, we, uh, we need to remember that don't do it because other people are doing it. Don't be influenced by the people around us. And this is what it was. And he pointed this out. He says, don't you have it. No temple prostitutes and this kind of thing going on at my temple or in my worship. It's, it's, it's not right. So um, that's a test when something comes up, you know, and there's a hint of carnality in, in it. You can bet. God's not in that situation. Okay, now we get to chapter 21. And uh, 
come and lock your phone for me. <coughs> I'm going to let the reader read, and uh, I'm going to use Velter's phone for that. Okay. Um, I'm going to use the, the NIV. I'm having technical difficulties here. Uh, the one morning I decided not to put batteries in this thing. Let's see now. If it, no, it just went off. Okay. Since the slave is their property. 
and people are fighting and hit a pregnant woman and she gives birth prematurely but there is no serious injury the offender must be fined whatever the woman's husband demands and the court allows but if there is serious injury you are to take life for life eye for eye tooth for tooth hand for hand foot for foot burn for burn wound for wound bruise for bruise an owner who hits a male or female slave in the eye and destroys it must let the slave go free to compensate for the eye and an owner who knocks out the tooth of a male or female slave must let the slave go free to compensate for the tooth if a bull gores a man or woman to death the bull is to be stoned to death and its meat must not be eaten but the owner of the bull will not be held responsible if however the bull has had the habit of goring and the owner has been warned but has not kept it penned up and it kills a man or woman the bull is to be stoned and its owner also is to be put to death however if payment is demanded the owner may redeem his life by the payment of whatever is demanded this law also applies if the bull gores a son or daughter if the bull gores a male or female slave the owner must pay 30 shekels of silver to the master of the slave and the bull is to be stoned to death if anyone uncovers a pit or digs one and fails to cover it and an ox or a donkey falls into it the one who opened the pit must pay the owner for the loss and take the dead animal in exchange if anyone's bull injures someone else's bull and it dies the two parties are to sell the live one and divide both the money and the dead animal equally however if it was known that the bull had the habit of goring yet the owner did not keep it penned up the owner must pay animal for animal and take the dead animal in exchange We go on to chapter Well, we'll go through that much, <laughs> and we'll see. Um, I know, I know my phone, but I don't know Velta's phone. Go back to chapter twenty-one, and we'll talk about this a little bit. Now, the the. The key thing here is in verse 2 if you buy a Hebrew slave that's, that's it. You buy a Hebrew slave. Now it was okay to, to have a slave 
but not a Hebrew slave. There were plenty of others around. A lot of them were taken through war. A lot of them were taken because the people just wanted to be with the Israelites. And to be a slave or to have a slave from those people was okay. But Israel was not to take a slave from their own, their own people. But there was a caste system again. You had people who were poor, and you had people who weren't so poor, and you had the rich people. And so here he says, if you buy a Hebrew slave, in verse 2, he shall serve for six years, but on the seventh, he's a free man. Uh, if, and he, he'll come, he says. And then it, it talks about um, if he comes alone, he goes out alone. If he has a wife, the wife goes with him. If his master gives him a wife and he bears sons and daughters and they belong to the master, and if he leaves them, he goes out alone. But if he wants to stay with his family, that's okay too. And they have this bizarre thing about taking an awl and putting him against the doorpost and put, punching a hole in his ear. You're going to have to ask the Lord about that when you get to glory because that's all I can say. That, that's what he has. Then we get to verse 7. And it gets a little bit more complicated. Now, let me, let me say this. And you know it. In this culture, in this culture, the man ruled the roost. The lady was subservient to the man. That was the culture of the day. When we fast forward to where we are, we've often said that Jesus was the biggest woman's liberator of ever because we're equal. Uh, male and female, bond and free, as Paul said time and time again. But in this culture, the ladies were subservient to the men. And that's, that was that particular time. So, in verse 7, if a, male, if a man sells his daughter as a slave... Now, so we're still talking about Hebrew now. We're, we haven't changed that. If a man sells his daughter... Now, the order of things uh, is that, that a man, uh, his children were under him. Uh, and if you've ever had any Bill Gothard teaching, you understand this umbrella principle that they have, that, that under the umbrella uh, is is uh, in our culture uh, if a man and his wife the wife is under the umbrella of the man it's his responsibility to protect and to provide for her that's the way it is she nurtures and grows the children and and they're all subject to what mama and daddy says and daddy is responsible to the lord now, widows and orphans have a very special place. The Lord is their daddy, and he takes care of them in, in this particular case. Now, in this case here, if a man sells his daughter 
as a female slave. Now, more times than not, she sold as a concubine. Now, let me digress just a minute. And Velton, I bounced stuff off of her. I said, how deep do I go into this? And she said, not very. <laughs> so anyway, uh, let me read you what, what uh, one commentator says. Some Hebrew fathers thought it advantageous for their daughters to become concubines of well-to-do neighbors rather than become wives of men of their, so their own social class. Kind of twisted logic. But this is, these, they thought it was more advantageous to give their daughter to a rich man as a concubine rather than a wife in their own class. I suppose he was looking out for her. And it, he goes on and tells here in verse, <clears throat> in verse 8, um, excuse me, in verse 7, if a man sells his daughter as a female slave, she is not to go free as the male slaves do. Remember, she's still daddy's girl, okay? If she is displeased in her eyes of her master, the one who bought her, who desiccated her for himself, then he shall have have let her excuse me then he shall let her be redeemed he does not have the authority to sell her to a foreigner because that's unfair to her if he designates her for his son and he shall deal with her according to the customs of a daughter if he takes her if he takes himself another woman he may not reduce her food her clothing or her shelter. If, if he will not do these things for her, then she is free to go. Free to go. I told you it was bizarre. <laughs> and it's far, far, far from where we are. But this was real in this particular case, case in this particular culture. And God is giving some limits and some laws on what happens to a Hebrew, an Israelite, who is sold into slavery in Israel. Now, there are other slaves, you know, that have different rules, but this was a rule for a, female, for a Hebrew slave, both male and female. Okay, continue. Verse 12. All right. Remember how many times death is mentioned here. He says, He who strikes a man that he dies shall be put to death. What we're doing now, we're going back to the, to the sixth commandment, thou shalt not murder, which we just said last week. But he's expanding on that. He who strikes a man so that he dies shall be put to death. But if he did not lie and wait for him... But God let him fall into the hand, his hand, then I will appoint a place to which he may flee. Let me read that again. But if he did not lie and wait for him, but God let him fall into his hand, then I will appoint you a place to where he may flee. So if he didn't mean to do it, 
If he didn't mean to do it, he could go to what we know now is a city of refuge. Now, hold your finger. We're coming back to Exodus, but let's go to Joshua chapter 20. Matthew, Mark, excuse me, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. Joshua chapter 20. So it's over to the right a little bit. When, when Joshua was, was taking them into the land and they were dividing up the land, in chapter 20, he talks about the cities of refuge. And we'll read this just a little bit. When the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, speak to the sons of Israel saying, designate cities of refuge. <clears throat> this is a very similar it's a similar twist uh, what we have today not totally but when we're talking about sanctuary cities but it's a it's a twist on on that particular thing verse 3 that the manslayer who kills a person unintentionally without premeditation he shall free they flee there and shall be and shall become your refuge from an avenger of blood he shall flee to one of these cities. And, and, and Joshua sets out six cities here. Verse 9. These were the appointed cities for all the sons of Israel and for the stranger who sojourns among them that whoever kills any person unintentionally may flee there and not die by the hand of the avenger of blood until he stands before the congregation. So back to Exodus, <clears throat> all God's telling him at this time, he says, I will appoint you a place to flee to. In Joshua, he tells us what cities there are that they may flee to. Okay, verse 14. If, however, a man acts uh, presumptuously toward his neighbor so as to kill him craftily, you are to take him even from the altar. So if he is at the altar, go get him from the altar and kill him. That's what he says. Verse 15, who, he's, who strikes his father and his mother. This is coming back to the fifth commandment. He, he who strikes his father and mother shall be put to death. He who kidnaps a man, whether he sells him or he's found in his position, possession, surely shall be put to death. He who curses his father and mother shall be put to death. <laughs> Verse 18, if, if men have a quarrel and one strikes another with a stone or with his fist and he does not die but remains in bed, Verse 19, if he gets up and walks around outside on his staff and he, he who struck him shall go unpunished, but he shall pay for the lost time. He shall take care of him until he is completely healed. That's a different kind of health insurance. <laughs> if, you, if you hit a guy and, 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 and you, you, you knock him loony, I suppose, he says, well, if he gets up and walks around on, on his stick, uh, he's okay, but uh, you got to pay for him. His lost time until he's completely healed. Verse 20. 
If a man strikes his male or female slave with his rod and he dies at his hand, he shall be punished. However, if he survives a day and two, no vengeance shall be taken, for he is his property. A slave is a property of the owner. So if he dies is one thing. He doesn't say he's put to death. He said he'd be punished. Verse 12. If a man struggles with each other and strike a woman who is with child so that she gives birth prematurely, yet there's no injury, he shall be fined whatever the, hu- the woman's husband says. But, verse 23, if there is any further injury, when you shall appoint as a penalty life for life, and he, he goes out these, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, Hand for hand, foot by foot, foot by foot, burn by... You get the idea uh, here. Now, let's... That's punitive damage, Bill. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, hold your finger there, and let's go back to Matthew uh, 5. Matthew, Genesis, <laughs> Genesis here, I'm going to go again. Matthew, Mark, Matthew, first one. Matthew 5. We talked last week that the things that, that had happened here uh, in, in Scripture uh, was totally different. Uh, the, new com- the Ten Commandments were for us. You know, they weren't to us, but they were for us. But Jesus expanded that. Look at 538, <clears throat> chapter 538. Now, this is the Lord himself talking. If your Bible is in red, you have heard it. It was said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But whoever, excuse me, but I say to you, do not resist an evil person. Whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other also. If anyone wants to sue you, to take your shirt, give him your coat. If he forces you to go a mile, you go too. Give to him who asks of you and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow. So Jesus said, that's okay in the Old Testament, but I want you to just show love. Now, i got to quit. Well, I don't know if it's going to be on me or Art next week. We'll, we'll pick up around... Uh, around here next week and you you can read it and you can see it's totally different where we live in today it's just totally totally different and yet there's some things that we need to to understand and uh, God is trying to prepare these people for the land that they're going to and how they're going to live so we'll pick up this week, next week. I'll, I'll probably take it another week because I've got it in such a mess now that Art can't. <laughs> I'll get to a stopping place before I turn it all over to him. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for being here, and I hope you have a, 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 great, a great time. Let's go to the Lord. Lord, we thank you for this time, and we thank you for all you are to us, and we ask that you'd bless us. Be with us. Be with everything that's said in the further services, every, everything sung, done, sung, prayed, preached. Lord, bless and bring honor and glory to yourself. And we thank you in Jesus' name.
Amen. Uh, in the